Hello and welcome to another installment of The Weird Chronicles. Each episode, we bring you tales of action and adventure from Malifaux and the other side. On today's episode, we continue the story of Sebastian as he performs an errand for Douglas McMorning. Sebastian has gone to the Guild Enclave, accompanied by a flesh construct named Clyde and an undead Chihuahua. We pick up the story after a fruitful encounter with a guild official named Durba. I hope you enjoy the conclusion of The Errand. By the time Sebastian had finished dismembering Durba's corpse, stuffing the pieces into his heavy black sack, and jamming the door to his office back into a reasonable facsimile of its former position, the corridors of the Guild Enclave was starting to fill again. More than once, he was forced to hide in the numerous alcoves and empty rooms, bundling the lumbering Clyde into spaces far smaller than his frame should allow, and clamping one hand over the Chihuahua's jaws as gaggles of the guild's high and mighty stumbled past. For once he was glad it was midsummer. Most of Malifaux's citizens would be taking the afternoon off to attend the grand festival, and it seemed those who had to return to their duties had partaken of a more liquid lunch than usual. Sebastian extricated himself from behind an ornate statue of the Governor-General as the latest group of guild bureaucrats hiccuped past and turned down the gloomy corridor that led toward Clarence and his exit. He glanced back to ensure Clyde was still following him. Since losing its arm, the flesh construct had become even more sullen and unpredictable. It was currently picking at Sebastian's attempts at repair. The previously detached limb had been crudely stitched back into position but not successfully animated. It hung sadly at Clyde's side, its nerveless fingers flopping back and forth like a string of sausages. Sebastian gestured at Clyde to start moving, and despite its palpable aura of abject misery, the golem complied. As they approached the side door and its wrinkled keeper, Sebastian became aware of an incessant tugging at the great black bag he carried. He stopped and looked around. The chihuahua dangled by its teeth from the bottom of the huge sack. Desperate to get at the dripping contents, the creature was trying to nibble away inside. Sebastian promptly dropped the heavy bag. It landed with a wet crunch, enveloping the chihuahua. He lifted it up once more to find the dog was still attached, gnawing away on the material. Sighing, Sebastian repeated the process. After the third drop, the slightly concussed chihuahua let go. He hoisted the bag onto his back, taking care to adjust its position to be higher up than before and carried on, the zombie dog bounding along behind him. It seemed that Sebastian's luck was holding. Clarence was still on duty at the side door and snoring raucously from his position of authority on the small stool. As quietly as he could, Sebastian eased the door open and ushered his companions through. Stepping out into the blazing sunshine was like being hit in the face with an oven. Immediately his clothes dampened and his resolve wilted under the barrage of heat. The streets that had been so busy earlier were curiously quiet now. Bereft of guards and swarms of public citizens, Sebastian hurried away from the enclave. At this rate, he would soon be back at the sewer entrance and out of this dreadful sun. He edged around a corner and stopped dead in his tracks. 
A vast ocean of people stood before him, stretching as far as he could see. Everywhere Sebastian looked, guild guards patrolled. Every single square inch of ground was filled by laughing, smiling citizens. Somewhere within this morass of humanity, a band was playing a jaunty tune, and hundreds of people were clapping along in time. The smell of grilled meat and spitting fat filled his nostrils, and his stomach growled in complaint. The Midsummer Festival had started. He would have to find another way. Sebastian's mind swirled. There was no way he was getting through these crowds with Clyde, the Chihuahua, and Derba's remains. Frantically, he tried to think of a way around. With the festival underway, there would be no way through for quite some distance. He would have to cross the river and try his luck further south. Reluctantly, Sebastian turned and shambled back the other way. On a good day, the river smelled like an open sewer, a delicate blend of human waste, rotting garbage, dead meat, and decayed fish. This was not a good day. Sebastian gagged as the city streets gave way to the riverside and the grey-green mass of water came into view. The day's incessant heat had amplified the river's usual aroma by a substantial amount, and if his stomach had not currently been empty, Sebastian felt sure it soon would have been. With the majority of Malifaux's inhabitants attending the Midsummer Festival, this part of the city was almost bereft of life. The sound of water slapping against crumbling brickwork and the cry of girls replaced the usual stamp of feet and shouted conversation. Sebastian did not like it. He stood on the northern bank, squinting out across the breadth of the river. With no crowds to hide in and no shadows to cover them, any trek to the other side would leave them horribly exposed. There was also the problem of a guild guard post on the far bank. Sebastian could see a group of four guardsmen lounging around the squat tower-like checkpoint. He knew that a fair number of the guild's finest were anything but fine, and a carefully placed purse of scrip could blind any number of eyes. But this would take tact, discretion and diplomacy, traits severely lacking in his current companions. Sebastian set down his heavy sack and manhandled Clyde's rubbery grip onto it, closing the dead fingers around its opening. He held up a hand to the chihuahua and rasped, Say! The battered creature plopped down in a heap next to Clyde, its long tongue lolling out and sizzling slightly on the hot cobbles. Sebastian watched the chihuahua for a moment, before turning on his heel and shambling across the bridge. He was about a third of the way across, his opening gambit just forming in his head, when he heard the excited patter of tiny paws. With terrible prophecy, he turned and looked back. The zombie chihuahua sat a foot away from him, its tail wagging happily, and one of Derba's severed hands grasped firmly in its rotting jaws. On reflex, Sebastian flung a kick at the chihuahua. His foot connected with enough force to launch the beast out over the river, its flight described a perfect parabola, a tiny splash announcing the chihuahua's arrival at the water below. Sebastian swelled with unbridled joy for a moment as he witnessed the creature's brief but memorable flight. Then he realised what he had done and stumbled wildly back towards Clyde. As he skidded to a halt, Sebastian could see the diminutive chihuahua splashing about in the river some distance from him. 
the northern riverbank had a short ladder leading down to the water's edge below. Grabbing his sack from Clyde's meagre grip, Sebastian clambered awkwardly down. At the riverside, he called out to the chihuahua, beckoning it to swim over. If the creature heard him, it paid him no mind. After five fruitless minutes of waving and yelling, Sebastian hit upon a better plan. He fished the other severed hand from his sack and jabbed a needle from his repair kit through its spindly thumb, bending it at the end to secure it in place. He knotted his longest ball of stitching thread around the makeshift hook before hurling the whole gruesome thing out into the river. The chihuahua paddled a little closer, intrigued. Sebastian hauled his baited hook back to the shore and tried again. This time the chihuahua splashed over and bit into the severed hand. Again Sebastian hauled on the line, dragging the chihuahua slowly towards him. Six feet out from the riverbank, the chihuahua suddenly stopped and with alarming speed started heading out into the river again. Sebastian looked up from his exertions to see a huge river eel close its jaws around the chihuahua and dive back into murky water. The string in Sebastian's hands went taut as a giant fish tried to make off with its prize. Panicked, Sebastian doubled his efforts. He heaved on the string, the veins standing out so far on his face and neck they threatened to burst. The weight on the other end was immense as the great fish thrashed and struggled to keep its prey. Slowly, Sebastian began to drag the eel and chihuahua towards the shore. Fist over fist he pulled, and inch by inch, the tug-of-war for McMorning's first creation was gradually going his way. With one final heave, Sebastian drew the eel up out of the river and slapped the giant eel down on the mud. Immediately it writhed about, trying to wriggle its way back to the river. Sebastian grabbed it with both hands. He pried at its jaws, straining to lever them open and free the chihuahua. But the fish was having none of it. It squirmed and twisted, lashing its sinuous body back and forth. In its fight to keep its prize, the eel bit Sebastian's hand. The hunchback yelled in pain and surprise. Pain lanced up his arm as the eel's needle-like fangs pierced his chubby fingers. With his good hand, Sebastian groped for his bag, trying to reach the various tools within. Sebastian's questing fingers closed around a large rock, and grabbing it, he twisted and smashed it into the eel's head. The jaws loosened slightly, but the fish fought on. Sebastian struck it again and again, the rock rising and falling like a piston. Fish blood, dark and thin, splashed across the hunchback as he bludgeoned away at the huge eel, and still the fish continued to fight. Finally, a mighty blow to the eel's skull was answered with a wet crack, and its body shivered convulsively. A second thunderous strike ended its struggles, and the eel's jaws fell open. Sebastian collapsed, his hand throbbing and bleeding profusely. Between gulps of air, he looked for the chihuahua. The dog lay twitching in the eel's slack jaws, its teeth still locked onto the severed hand. Sebastian dragged himself over to the still chihuahua and poked it with his rock. One eye opened a fraction, and it growled pathetically at him, unwilling to relinquish the hand. Sebastian barked out a laugh and reached out for his large black sack. A guild guard, 
his neck quite broken, smacked into the mud next to him. Sebastian stared up. Above him, Clyde delivered a punishing left hook to a second guardsman, shattering his jaw and launching him off the bridge to land next to his colleague with a meaty slap. Two more guardsmen, swords drawn, were charging down the bridge towards the flesh construct. Sebastian groaned and struggled to his feet. At least he would not have to bribe them now. Sebastian set his sack down next to the manhole. Since starting out on his errand, the heavy bag had grown considerably heavier. He rummaged inside it, looking for the manhole key he would need to lift the cover and access the sewers. He pulled out a severed arm, clothed in the uniform of a guild guard, and dropped it on the ground next to him. Several feet behind him, the chihuahua yipped pathetically. The creature had sustained serious damage to its hind quarters during its aquatic escapade, and Sebastian had resorted to sewing Clyde's useless right arm into his chest to create a primitive sling. The chihuahua was currently jammed into the makeshift stretcher, chewing on Clyde's badly sutured arm. The whole debacle had earned him another sorry snivel from the flesh construct. The chihuahua became frantic as Sebastian excavated more body parts in his quest to find the manhole key. After much digging, Sebastian finally found the elusive tool and began stuffing the various limbs, torsos, heads and organs back into the bag. He grinned at the chihuahua's efforts to get loose while he packed away his gruesome cargo before hooking the key into the manhole and tugging it loose. He dropped the heavy bag down the yawning hole and motioned for Clyde to climb in after it. Clumsily, the flesh construct clambered onto the rusting ladder, the chihuahua and its right arm swinging crazily as it dropped the last few feet with a wet squelch. Sebastian followed, dragging the heavy cover back into place. He retrieved his sack and set off the laboratory. The tunnels were pitch dark, and the moist, cool atmosphere was a relief after the burning heat of the streets. As he squelched and splashed through the sewer, Sebastian began to think about how he was going to explain the day's events to his master. He had rather failed in his efforts to help Theodore Derber, and he was unsure how McMorning was going to react to the news that his former ally currently resembled a rather grisly jigsaw puzzle. He decided all he could do was hope the abundance of spare parts he now carried would help make up for his failure in the appointed task. Sebastian and his companions reached a junction in the tunnel. A recent collapse in an earlier tunnel had filled Sebastian's chosen route with fallen bricks, so he was forced to take a detour. Currently, he was not quite sure where he was. As they stood at the junction, pondering which way to go, Sebastian became aware of a skittering noise, like a thousand needles dancing across stone, coming their way. He peered into the darkness, hoping to ascertain the source of the noise. As it drew closer, squeaks and grunts began to mingle with the chorus of scratches, and a sudden dread filled Sebastian. Carefully, he set the heavy sack down and reached for his saw. A wave of rats poured out of the tunnel mouth a living wall of filthy brown fur and yellowed, chisel-like teeth. The rats swept over and around Sebastian and Clyde, clawing and biting at them in a savage frenzy. Sebastian yelled in fury and lay about him with his saw. The gleaming blade was soon stained dark red and awash with clumps of matted hair and spattered rat guts. 
the creatures were everywhere. They swarmed across Sebastian's legs and body, their sharp incisors tearing at his sweat-damp skin and ripping at his badly bandaged hand. Sebastian cried out to Clyde for help, but the flesh construct stood immobile as a verminous tide surged across him. Dozens of rats leapt upon Sebastian's bag, dragging his hard-won prizes from its depths and disappearing into the blackness with them. The hunchback stumbled back. His pressure saw had stopped, the mechanism jammed by a wealth of verminous debris. He started grabbing at the beasts with his bare hands, pulling them off him and hurling them away. Their furry bodies engulfed him, dragging him down to his knees with sheer weight of numbers. Sebastian covered his head with his hands and cowered. Suddenly the filthy creatures were gone, disappearing as rapidly as they had come. Gingerly, Sebastian raised his head and looked up at Clyde. The flesh construct had fared badly in the attack. Its waxy skin was ripped in a dozen places. Dribbles of necrotic fluid oozed down his chest and stomach. Somewhere along the line, his disguise had been dislodged and a rat had tried to make off with Clyde's remaining eyeball, only to leave the job half done. The organ now dangled half an inch from Clyde's face. The chihuahua had done little better. Its tail and one of its hind legs was completely missing, and it drooped in Clyde's grip with only the telltale flutter of an eyelid to suggest it was still animate. Sebastian reached for his bag. It was now quite empty. The body parts gone and the various tools of Sebastian's trade scattered amongst the rat corpses. Wincing as he did so, Sebastian retrieved his fallen possessions and hauled the bag back over his shoulder. He carefully pushed Clyde's dangling eye back into place and wearily trudged away. Ah, you're back at last announced McMorning as Sebastian stumbled, bloody and beaten, into the laboratory. The doctor looked up from his work at the operating table, and his eyes grew wide in disbelief and shock. What on earth happened? He gasped. McMorning rushed across the lab, shouldering his assistant aside and ran to Clyde. Look at you, he scolded. You're a complete mess. What are all these wounds? Are they bites? How did you get them? Whatever has happened to your arm and... Where has your eye gone? Sebastian eased himself into a chair, plucking a particularly large piece of sewer muck from his sleeve and flicking it onto the floor. Across the lab, McMorning let out a peculiar cry, half anger, half sorrow, like a mother who has just seen her precious little boy fall and graze his knee despite her telling him to be careful. My chihuahua! He cried. Sebastian watched as McMorning cooed and fussed over the creature, making strange little noises as one would to a newborn. Finally, he straightened up and rounded on Sebastian, his eyes blazing with barely contained fury. I send you out in the sunshine as a favour, and this is how you repay me, he hissed. A lovely day out for midsummer, and you cut off Clyde's arm, ruin his good looks, and feed him to rats. McMorning's voice was gradually rising in volume. And look at what you've done to my chihuahua. Where are his legs and his tail? The precious little thing is a wreck, a wreck. McMorning stormed back across the laboratory towards the hunchback, fists bunched in anger. I hope you enjoyed your little jaunt. 
he sneered. You've got a lot of wah. McMorning's face split into a huge grin, his expression one of sudden joy. In fact, he said, turning toward the operating table and its cadaverous occupant. I know just where to start. Sebastian struggled out of the chair and trudged towards the sinks. Behind him, the chihuahua yipped excitedly. It was going to be a long night. That's it for another episode of The Weird Chronicles. Join us next time for more tales of action and adventure. <laughs>